prepare to receive the devil's punishment, which is listening to this podcast. Pod people. <laughs> That's true. I'm Matisse Van Rossum, lieutenant of the marijuana squad. Fuck. Uh, <laughs> I'm Ben Sheets, and I don't have an intro now. Because it was taken. We are all so the marijuana we're squad. We're all part of the marijuana squad hey, now. Yo, except for me, it's your boy, female prisoner teacup pig 420. What's up? <laughs> hey, it's me, Cleveland Mosier. Are you sure you're not part of the marijuana oh, I'm squad? I'm definitely part of the marijuana squad. That was a that was a sting operation. I was in disguise. <laughs> I'm in the marijuana squad for sure. Let's go, baby. Let's fucking go. We're back. Uh, ben picked the film this week. Ben picked a Japanese exploitation film from 1972 called uh, Female, Female Prisoner, Prisoner 701 Scorpion. Scorpion. Thank you. Yes. Goddamn. What a, what a fucking cumbersome title it what is. What a mouthful. But what a banger. What a banger. What a fucking banger. Yes. Uh, this is one of the movies on my underrated list because I think... To me, it's a classic, yes. but I don't think it gets the recognition it deserves. I I had never seen it before. Um, I am not familiar with uh, 70s Japanese exploitation films at all. This was my first foray into that. So it's interesting because Japanese exploitation has its own subgenre, really. The, the pinku films is what they're called. Mm-hmm. And they're exploitation films that are... Asp- <laughs> You're laughing at the pinku part, yeah? I am. <laughs> it is a funny title. Um, it, just, it sounds like Benedict Cumberbatch trying to say penguin. <laughs> pinku. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> they're explicitly, like, nudity heavy. And, like... Oh yeah, very sexually driven, mm-hmm. and uh, we're all, we're all pinku on the inside, right? <laughs> yes, Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> Pull yourself together, taste. No, I can't. <laughs> Pull yourself together. I'm doing oh. a broad slapping motion. Oh, you're you're slapping at me several inches away. Oh, oh, oh. God. Oh. <laughs> In preparation for this movie, I watched some of the special features on the Arrow release. Yes, which, a very, which, very nice. Great restoration. Very nice Arrow 4K restoration yes, that we um, watched. Yeah, beautiful. Um, but they were talking about how, like, 70s, very politically tumultuous period throughout the globe, you mm-hmm. know? All these different places had big political uprisings of sorts. And they were talking about how... The guy who directed this, Shinya Ito, was the leader of the labor union for the the Toei crew. Um, Oh, okay. And so he was assigned to make a pinku film, which, like I said, very sexually charged film. You gotta have a certain amount of nudity in it. He wanted to adapt this manga uh, called Scorpion. And so he did with this movie, and he basically took the idea of the manga and just did his own thing. And this movie does have a lot of sexually driven stuff in it, but it doesn't feel, like, sleazy 
to me in in a way like it feels exploitation at its core but it feels like it's doing much more than that it it feels like it's elevating the exploitation yeah it's weird it's i i feel like it's a deeply horny film that doesn't make me feel like a scumbag for watching it well it's interesting because which while is weird there's a lot of nudity and like a lot of boobs and stuff and rape and rape mm-hmm. and prison rape as you would expect in a prison movie it doesn't feel like horny in its its depiction of that stuff all that much to me at least Maybe you disagree, but... I do kind of disagree, but at the same time, it does, like, yeah, there is there is a distinct lack of, like, the kind of sleaze that I'm used to from, like, American exploitation films. Like, it definitely feels horny. Yes. Well, like, I, I, the whole time I was watching this movie, I was, you giving, you providing some context helps a little bit, but I was just watching this movie thinking, like, the guy who made this movie made it so he could look at breasts. Well, <laughs> they were contractually <laughs> obligated to put, you know, a contractually con- that, that makes it, that makes more sense. Contractually obligated for a certain amount of titties, yeah. um, which is interesting. You said that that uh, the director was the head of the labor union for for Toei, which is the studio yeah. that made this yeah. movie. Famous J- Japanese studio mm-hmm. did a lot of. Big name Japanese series. Well, you I've know, actually they got a few that I wanted House? to mention. Hausu? Yes. Um, they did Hausu. Um, I think most famously, also, uh, they did the, the original Power Rangers. Um, oh, okay. As, well, which makes sense because they also they also did and still do Common Rider, which fucking rules. That's the Mantis Man on a motorcycle. Yo, it's fucking awesome. There has been a clip going around on Twitter lately from the new Shin Kamen Rider movie. Yeah, dude. And it I'm looks, fucking hyped. It looks insane. Dude, dude there's a, a, a last year or so they put out like Kamen Rider. I forget what it's called. It's like Kamen Rider Black or something like that. And it's fuck. It, it's like it, it's like Power Rangers, but it goes hardcore. And he's a Mantis yeah. That robot. is that is like, what the one the clip that I saw looks like. The whole like. thing is like with like Kamen punching Rider. dudes and their heads explode Explode. and yeah, shit. And yeah, and they're spearing them and like you know he's like riding around on a motorcycle which is super fucking cool apparently yeah he's like he was like a nazi experiment or something too that went wrong and now he's like fighting for justice i don't know wild. enough about that deep lore yeah but anyway uh, yeah at some point we'll be we'll but anyway i but think anyway, they did that there's there's a lineage b- from this movie to stuff like that yes and well if i could can i just clearly a couple of the movies that they put out before female Tell prisoner we? scorpion yeah. sure yeah because there are some really good titles here Kamikaze Cop, Voyage into Space, Horrors of Malformed Men. Uh, these are all <laughs> the English titles, of course. Of um, course. Uh, the trans- Fear of the Snake Women. Um, or Me every day of my life. Yeah, right. Ghost of the One-Eyed <laughs> Man, House of Terrors, Ghost Music of Shamisen, Invasion of the Neptune Men, Alakazam the Grey, Ghost from the Pond, Planet Prince, The Terrifying Spaceship. Uh, ghost story of broken dishes at Boncho Mansion. Uh, uh, weak need from fear of ghost cat. <laughs> <laughs> what a what a legacy! That was their first. Their first movie was uh, weak. Was need weak from need from cat. fear of ghost cat? Yeah, what a what a start, man! Incredible. Yeah, dude. No, b- b- big respect. Love love Toei. Love love a lot of the shit they. Yeah, Toei is a pretty respected Japanese studio. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Um, 
Well, yeah. I certainly respect them after seeing this gratuitously breasted uh, pr- uh, prison film. Hell yeah. <laughs> respect. Dude, hashtag Mad feminism. Respect. Let's go. Man, I fucking love this movie. No, this we movie should, is great. We should cover like, the basics of the plot. The, the plot. So It's pretty simple. Yoshimatsu, a.k.a. Scorpion. Which is what I'm going to call her yes. for the rest of the movie. The movie never calls her Scorpion, even though the film is titled Female Prisoner Number 701 Scorpion. Yeah, but in our hearts, she's Scorpion. Yes. Um, Ma- Matsu is her name, yeah. She uh, is dating a a member of the Marijuana Squad, uh, a, a sort of DEA branch of japan yeah the the narcos yeah she's she's dating a narco cop on the marijuana squad yeah and she is tasked by him to go undercover to infiltrate the yakuza as part of a sting operation she is double crossed by her lover and uh she ends up being raped by the yakuza and ends up uh, going to prison. Yeah, she tries to take revenge on the marijuana squad guy, uh, tries to knife him, because it's revealed that he is, uh, not only was she betrayed by him and allowed her to be raped by the Yakuza, but he's also working with the Yakuza, with a different Yakuza organization. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so she tries to kill him, she goes to prison, and she is the most badass bitch in that prison. Yes. And that's basically the majority the movie. of this movie is a women in prison exploitation joint. So, you know, that part, I think, was what really helped me enjoy it is that, uh, you know, in the past is because you, know, you like to see if... women in prison, well, understandably. Of course. Of course. <laughs> um, uh, yes. Uh, hashtag uh, girl boss. Hashtag feminism. But uh I, in the past, you know, like I've I've been a little down on exploitation films and, and rape. Well, especially films. rape revenge. Films. Yeah, as a whole, it's I, funny. Before you got here, Ben and I were actually talking. He was saying, "I bet Cleve is either going to love this or hate yeah. this." Yeah. yeah, and you know what though? I think when it comes to this subject matter of like women in prison, you're gonna have a hard time avoiding the topic. And sure. if you're going to have that subject matter in this setting, this is the setting for it. Also, just I think I've calcified to it a little bit more like over the years the <laughs> I, think, I think a big, i'll put that aside i think a big element of it in this movie is they don't make light of the rape i think it turns scorpion into an angel of death purely out for revenge because of it in this movie and i think that makes it so much more powerful well and also like the sequence itself is like the actual like act is skipped over um, like, Mostly, like the yeah. lead in, like, she's unfortunately, you know, like, trigger warnings, etc. But, like, you know, she's, she's stripped down and, like, they, they all gather around. But then, like, it, essentially she's thrown to the floor and then it cuts mm. to, to the end of that sequence. Whereas, like... Because it the, was made in 1972. <laughs> yeah, thankfully, frankly. Like, I... I I, I as many it. as many titties and upskirt shots as there are in this movie, it it's there's still restraint. There's still a certain amount of restraint. Re- restraint feels like the wrong word, but it's the best word for it. And I do love how that sequence is shot. I hate I hate to say it because it feels wrong to say it in this moment, but like they have like a glass pane and like they're all on top of it and they're shooting yeah so it's like shooting up through the floor which is so creative like i don't think i've seen a movie do that 
This is Before. an exceptionally well shot film. Yes. And yes. the stylization is unbelievably on point. I said about halfway through watching this that I I am like I'm earnestly envious of this movie's confidence. It doesn't care if slaps don't land or, you know, anything else, but like it just cares about like pushing the emotion as far as you can take it. Yes. And just like to a a cartoon degree at times, and it's just it's so bold in it. I yeah. I love it. I well, it's it's it's, it's an ex, it's an extremely low budget movie that is kept from feeling cheap by exceptional cinematography. Yes, yes. and oh, true uh, artistry. You know, like yeah. Shinya Ito mentioned how he was less inspired by Japanese stuff and more inspired by like European art house stuff. Yeah. Stuff like Bunuel and Fellini. And it you definitely it. shines through because it, it feels like it elevates sort of sleazy, cheap material to be like very art house mm-hmm. inspired stuff. Yeah. Um, and it it almost feels like an inspiration to stuff that would come after in like Italian giallo. Almost mm-hmm. yes. You oh, know? with all the the the, the color gels, color and... gels, and the bright red blood. Yeah, it it just feels so influential in that respect. And stuff like Ricky O, which you know takes a similar so premise sure. and you know yeah. pushes it to its extreme. But yeah, they're like the lineage of of this film is clear. I think I, having never seen it before. I'm able to watch it and be like, hey, I know other films that have referenced this. Well, um, You mentioned Tarantino of, at Kill the beginning. Bill. Like, yeah, yeah, Kill Bill. Uh, uses the, the theme song for this movie. The bacana, 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 oh no, no. Like, yeah, that whole, that whole thing is, was, is played in Kill Bill. Um, uh, and, Sian, and a lot of the, the shots as well, yeah, I think, were pretty Sian heavily inspired Sono, by Tarantino. The, the director, Sian Sono, who directed... I think most recently Prisoners of Ghostland, but they also did Try stuff like uh, All right. uh, Love Exposure, Anti-Porno, a bunch of other stuff. He references this movie a ton. Like He's put his main actress in the iconic Scorpion costume a few times even. Oh, fun. <laughs> With the droopy hat and the, the, the black, black trench coat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and those jello just... black gloves with a knife. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's cool. It's Iconic. cool. Another thing, while we're talking about the style that I love, is of course the uh, this the, the theater, the stage like set design. Um, I love how this movie uses. I'll, that I'll, stuff. I'll tell you what really works about it, and why like sometimes like theater esque sets don't always land, is because it's it starts and stops with that concept. But here it's like this is some of the best theater I've like theater of effects I've seen too. Um, and so it, it really, like, it works being, like, translating into a film, like, beautifully. It's like a, like, each, every frame's like, I love it painting. because it's... it's in her kind of recollection of the past. Because we start in pr- the prison. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of her retelling what happened. And in her memory, like, we get these fluid shots, which, like, have her laying there in the foreground for example and like there's like a like a rotating set 
that goes from one scene to another. Yes, the the her her lover, the the cop who betrays her, he pops out and he's like, "Haha, you're under arrest and I've got all of your uh your cabinet full of marijuana." And then like the wall just like straight up rotates like a Scooby-Doo thing and it comes around and then he's there talking to a different Yakuza boss who he works for being like, ha ha, look at all of this money we've made together now. That stupid bitch, we sure did fool her. And it's just like, it's it's so well stylized. I mean, yeah, in the flashback stuff especially, but it's not like limited to that no, either. No, it's no, not no, even no. limited to like her, her memory. But I love how like so much of the like dramatic violent scenes later are stylized like that as well. Yeah, where she's like with such clear intent. Yeah. Yeah, where she's like fighting the the other woman uh like in the showers that scene and yes, she like my favorite. She's like chasing her and she does this like it, it's like a straight up Looney Tunes gag where she like runs through a door and slams the door behind her and the woman chasing her her head goes yeah. through the glass yeah, of the, the glass door. Pane on the door. That's elevated so much right. by the following. Well yeah, then it follows lines. up and it's like it, the the lights change. They slap this like sort of ethereal blue gel on it and like the woman looks up she and she's got like horrified. She's got like blood coming down her face and they've got sort of like kabuki-esque like, kind of like, like uh, theater, makeup yeah. on her and she's got like this big shard of glass that she's wielding like a it's knife. legitimately terrifying. It's cool. It's yeah, spooky. it's really, really yeah. cool. Yeah. They use like the theatrical elements to really elevate kind of the the material with the low budget. And I respect that so much. House is the same though. Yeah. House does a lot of House that same stuff. Same. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but this movie feels like it's it's a little more compact and yes. uh, streamlined. Yes, much simpler. Yeah, much more straightforward. But it's cool because, like, because it is so simple and straightforward, it has so much room to play around with the style because it doesn't get bogged down in story and lore and characters and stuff like that. Like, it's you know, it's it's very to the point. Mm-hmm. Um, which I appreciate. Yeah, they do a really great job, like playing with rhythm in this movie. Mm-hmm. In like there'll be really intense sequences, and then they'll have like durational periods where things calm down a little bit, and then we'll get another sequence of high intensity. Something it's always paired with how uh, like heightened things are. Like when things calm down, we sort of fall back into realism. And the sets feel more, like, genuine, or or even they're on location. And then as soon as... Or they feel on location, whereas... And then as soon as things become wild and crazy and they build up, like, suddenly we're we're placed on, like, a very clear set with a matte painting and the gels come on. Mm -hmm. And it always feels... It always feels to match the intensity of emotion in the scene. Um, one of my favorite examples is like the devil punishment where they're having her dig hole out in the prison courtyard so and it good. looks like a prison courtyard when she's digging the hole and they're all doing the dirt and everything but as the riot breaks out suddenly we're brought into this this incredible set with this like gorgeous like it looks like like the eye of fucking like uh, uh, of Jupiter you know like uh, uh, this incredible like 
stormy matte painting like that's all orange and vivid in the sky it's like and, a vortex yeah and, it, it, that reminded me of like the end of uh uh like daniel isn't real mm-hmm. yeah where like the sky gets all fucking crazy and shit yeah. but no um, one pops out of a skin suit but it is yeah we yeah no it doesn't it doesn't that. get quite that dramatic <laughs> but yeah the, the the sky particularly reminded me of it i love that the, the <laughs> so much of the punishment in this prison is just making people dig holes because they uh, they punished him yeah they 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 have that like the one punishment earlier where they're out in the field and they're all digging their own hole and then they have them later digging like the one big hole together and then they make all the women except matsu get out and it's like now you have to keep digging the hole and they're all like the devil's punishment the devil's punishment the devil's punishment. And I guess the devil's punishment is just digging a really big hole by yourself. Yep. And then eventually they get everyone around the side. To start and they're like, no, the start hole filling up. the hole back in. While she's and still it- trying to dig. And it's like at some point it's like they're all just like back in the pit and like some of them are like throwing dirt out. It's like nobody knows what they're fucking doing. Are they filling yeah. the hole in or digging it back out? I mean, like- at that point, like. It falls apart because well, yeah, I mean, there's it's step up. Yeah, it's 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 like get buried. It's the most shameful punishment as well because it's like it's it's labor, but it's pointless labor. Digging and refilling in holes like it doesn't accomplish anything. You know, it's just yeah, and the book. Well, no, that mm, Cleveland. That's not they true. That's not treasure, true. They were searching right. for treasure. They didn't know it, but that's what they were doing. They were searching for treasure for Sigourney and, Weaver. And the treasure was was onions, right? <laughs> um, no, they eat onions. On they eat thumb. onions uh, later to survive yeah, when they're God's out in the dead. Yeah, on God's yeah. thumb, but also yeah. they find peaches. Did they find peaches? Yeah, they, they find like canned peaches from oh, somebody. Yeah, 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 they found canned peaches. And they but, call it they call it sploosh. It's so sploosh. funny. I was talking. They call they call the canned peaches sploosh. I was talking to my Fuck. mom about this movie because she was showing it to holes? her elementary <laughs> school holes. class <laughs> in like fourth or fifth grade, and they were so into it. Dude, holes were, rules. Yeah, I, it's I, so I, good. I we read show, that. She was showing them the movie, and they were like honed in. I read that book. I read that book in like I want to say like third grade, and it was like my favorite book for a hot minute. I remember when that movie came out, and I was so fucking excited. The movie was pretty good. The movie was pretty well. I I'm I'm saying that Maybe not having book. not having seen it since I was like ten years old. You know probably. what? Considering what my mom said, I think it hits. With its target audience very well. Of children, yes, yes exactly. <laughs> Who, you know, as we know, have incredible taste. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I well, I mean, hey, it was clearly inspired by this movie, right? Yeah. You've got to go dig those holes. <laughs> yeah, that, that was the chronological order of, yep. of things as they happened. That's correct. Yep. Holes Fe- inspired female prisoner. No, that's what that's what I'm saying. Holes was inspired by female oh, prisoner yeah, okay. seven oh one Scorpion. Right, yeah. She did have to dig those holes. Yeah they, yeah, they all did. Yeah, that's the devil's punishment. Wow. I love how it starts with the Japanese flag, with the Japanese national anthem playing in the background, yeah. with all these fucking wardens, coppers, getting uh, oh, yeah. commendations. 
for for watching the prisoners so good <laughs> for for fucking abusing these prisoners for fucking abusing these prisoners so good they're getting commended and then in the middle of the commendation the alarms start ringing because somebody has escaped well, it's I like a, it too because yeah. like with that alarm and that warning a, a breeze picks up and the guy like lets go uh, uh, in surprise over the alarm he lets go of his uh, his commendation and it flies through the air and lands at the edge of all of the cops running and some yeah and, and somebody the and they trample they trample, and trample yeah. by uh you know all these these running cops and the guy runs and he, the guy at the end of the crowd he, he picks it up and he tries to dust it off but it's too late it's yeah. been smirched it's it was, so cinematic. Yeah, it's great. And uh fantastic start to a film, really. Oh, yeah. And you can tell like this this movie was like really like intricately scripted. Um and I love that shit. I must I, eat it I, up. I must say I don't I don't know enough about like mid to late 20th century Japanese politics to like really get the commentary of this film, but I can tell that they sure are saying something about it. Well, well, yeah, because um, what, when we cut uh, when we we cut back in time, uh, or when we go to the flashback, uh, we have that that wonderful shot of like as they're making love so dramatically, it cuts to a, a white flag and a red stain of blood appears, well, appears as in the middle. Loses her virginity. Yeah, yeah, becomes, as he takes her virginity, it sort of the Japanese the, flag. Yeah, mm-hmm. which is. It's great. I love how vibrantly that whole sequence is shot with just this bright blue room. Mm -hmm. Blue walls, blue floors. Yeah. Yeah, she's like wrapped in a white sheet and he unrolls it. It's so dramatic. It's like, you know, he's he's unwrapping. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I get the the feeling... I like again. I don't know enough about the politics to say for sure, but I de- I get the feeling that like they're maybe saying something about like Japanese nationalism and like the fucking <laughs> the fucking like comfort women like war crimes that, the, that they committed in like World War Two and shit like that, and sort of compared that to like how the women in the prison are abused and mistreated. Um, yeah, yeah, I think there's definitely the some political messaging here. Because the director was ahead of the labor union, so, like, much it's... Much more than that, hard. there's a yeah, very, the like, we joked about it early on, but there's a very directly feminist message in this movie. All of the yes. men in this movie are kind of brutish animals that are very unsympathetic, unredeemable monsters, mm. really. A lot of the women are too. Yes, <laughs> in that's fairness. why it works. But even the, the women yeah. are sympathetic, you know, for the most part, and more complex characters. You know, I think one of the most key lines in the movie: "To be deceived is a woman's crime." And I think the the core of what's the protagonist being, who says that. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And I think the core of what's being said there is like women can give empathy and can open themselves up to deception where whereas men are just brutish animals and uh i think for its time especially that this is a huge you know piece of feminist cinema which is weird to say because you know it is definitely at the same time exploitation cinema yes. there are so many 
titties in this movie. Yeah, yeah. there's there's there definitely a sense so, of there's so like yeah. There's a sense of having tr- having trying to have your cake and eat it too here. Yeah, and it's like oh, it's you know we're again like while I was watching this again while I was watching this movie I'm like I'm like this movie was made by somebody who just wanted to look at titties like it's so it's so much leave it to the pervy Japanese dudes to fucking (laughs) give those good political messages I will say like aside from the morality of it like once we step past that um not that it should be step past but we've 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 now we've dug into that discourse um. It shows such a wide range of that emotionally. Like you have the sequence where the women are like in a line as prisoners and they're having to go up the stair steps and the guards beneath are like checking them for for uh, smuggling anything. And mm-hmm. but of course the guards beneath are, are lecherously leering at them. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> One's like licking his lips. Yeah. He's like toothless too. Like it's, yeah, it's really, it's, it's vile. And yeah. uh uh, and then, um, later on, there's also a scene of them being, like, really jovial in the showers. And it feels like, and it's this really long panning shot of just, all these women showering. And, uh, but what I, what I like about it is, like, they do, sh- they show a lot of, like, earnest camaraderie in that sequence. Like, there's something about it that's, like, for as staged as it is, it also feels, like, very genuine and upbeat. Um, for, like, what torment these women are going through, they're just tr- still trying to find a light moment and be playful. And that's hard to do with that kind of a shot. So it doesn't come across as like, tee-hee, we're all naked, ha-ha. And it's like, you know, it still feels like they're trying to show like a genuine, like human moment. Um, but uh, it it's still exploited. It's like, I mean, it's... Yeah, I mean, the movie, you know, like, like, no it, doubt. It's funny because it starts very... The camera is very leering and, yes. you know, uh, kind of glamorizing this. And then it's followed up by one of the moments of the most intense violence in the movie. I, I love that juxtaposition. The movie accomplishes a, an interesting blend of both misogyny and misandry, I think. Because, like, yeah, you've got all the stuff we've just talked about, but, like, also Matsu kind of, like, uh, rapes Beyonce, um, who turns ah, out to be an yeah. undercover cop, but she, like, sexes her up so good that, like, she wants to be thrown back into solitary so she can get some of, some more of that, that good good. Um, and then, like, later during the riot, like, all of the female prisoners, like, rape several of the male guards who they have... Uh, kidnapped and, like, held hostage. So it's, like, there's, like, a good amount of, like, uh, give and take with the movie. Is like, yeah, there is a lot of, like, uh, violence against women and, like, these creepy fucking lecherous guards and <laughs> kind of shit, you know. Um, but then also, like... Uh, there's there's the reverse of that a bunch of a bunch of the female prisoners rape the, rape the guards yeah. um that also happens yeah so it's uh it's really showing both sides <laughs> <laughs> you think about it <laughs> <laughs> that's the, like, every that's the you know if there's what if there's one thesis to this movie it's that everybody likes to rape yep pretty cool that's, that's what this movie's about. No, but no, there is, like, yeah, there's, uh, there's pretty much every variety of it in this film. Every, every flavor of rape that, uh, you know. Every flavor of rape that yeah, you can, got... that you can imagine. Mm, yeah. That's true. not true. It's really just two types of rape. Yeah. 
We should move on to a different on. topic. Um, yeah, let's just talk about the cinematography some more again. I'm... Man, it's so good. I guess we we, you know, we said we were going to talk about the the plot, and then we just started we talking have that, about well. we have I mean, there's not fantastic. There's not a whole lot of plot sequence yeah. where they're running through the really tall grass. Back to yeah, the like intro, the yes, and yeah. it's so starkly shot because like the grass is just a vibrant green, and they're in these this iconic sort of navy prison outfit mm-hmm. seems kind of cheaply made but like it would be right? kind of iconic at the same yeah. time yeah. um and they're being chased by all these coppers um with their 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 dogs oh, yeah they got they have uh yeah german shepherds on yeah. uh on leashes in the front and it was funny like leading into that sequence uh i was saying like oh damn it it really sucked to be chased by a german shepherd <laughs> and then uh, as they're, they they have them on the leashes and they're running through, and then not long after that, they they pick up the scent of one of the girls and they let the shepherds well, off the leash. One of the women get their period. period. Yeah, while they're running, which again, you know, hashtag feminism. Uh, but she, uh... <laughs> well, Machu is like, you just haven't had it in a long time because you've been in prison. But so it's like the second she breaks out of prison, just immediately, oh my period. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't exactly. <laughs> women, am I right, folks? <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, I don't I don't really understand the subtext of that, but uh the she uh yeah, she has her period. She it gives running. it gives the dogs but, a blood trail to yeah, follow. The dogs have a literal trail of blood to follow. And uh they they let the shepherds off the leash and it is And one of them just disappears and is never seen again. He got lost. They yeah. have there's two they they have he two German shepherds and they release both of them and one of them we just never see. You know, you just yeah. never see again. It wanted its freedom. There's a whole scene of the other one, like, attacking them, and, like, one of the women, like, beats it to death with, like, a log. Yeah. Like a stick, yeah. Um, but that other one that they let off, just... But I, I it was just a tragic quicksand yeah. accident. I, I do really love those shots of the shepherds running through the grass, though, because it is pretty earnestly like, yo, that's scary. Like, I would not want to be chased by one of them. No, not you true. So? It's, oh, no, God. it's one of those. Well, I, 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 do, I, I, I thought the framing is really good. No, no, I, I love too. I love the way that it's shot. I, I, I do. That's that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that it's one of those things is a case in like pretty much every movie where dogs are used as antagonists it's like it's just so like you look at it, it's like those are just very well trained good boys that They're are very exci- happy dogs. that are excited to be there it's like they don't look at they don't look like I mean, vicious or angry at all point is when they they quote unquote kill it yeah she and like it's... she like beats it with the dog with the stick and you can see the dog is like lying there it's like doing good is like laying there but it's kind of like looking and like moves its head, moves its head a little bit it's like, can I get up now? It's love. like, no, that's just like, yeah. And when it like jumps on them, it's like, that's just a, a very excited, happy, so happy, happy you know? well-trained dog. I, with that being said, I'd much rather take that than like brutal dog violence. Sure, like, sure, sure, sure. Even, it's, even it's, fake. Every time. It's one of those things. It's one of those things yeah. I, I think is kind of charming. It's like, uh, you know, uh, maybe I, I'm thinking about because we're going to see John Wick 4 tomorrow, but, like, in John Wick 3, when he, like, goes to fucking Casablanca and meets up with Halle Berry, and she's, the got, the, she's got the dog, and they're wearing bulletproof vests, and, oh, man, that that whole fucking scene so rules. 
the part where she like where she like bends over and the dog like jumps up on her back and leaps up onto like on the wall i love that shit i love it and it's like yeah that's another one of those things where it's like man those dogs are so well trained but they're just so excited and happy to be there it's it's hard it's hard to take them seriously as like these vicious threats it's like those dogs are having such a good time But so am I. Whereas, like, a cat, I feel like a cat on screen, it's easy to get a cat to be, like, angry and, like, hiss, you know, at the the camera. But dogs are always just happy to be there. And I think those German shepherds in this movie were happy to be there. One of my favorite parts about that scene, too, is the introduction of uh, a recurring character who, like, doesn't end up doing all that much, but I really like him, is Sunglasses Cop. Mm -hmm. Because he's, like, the only... He somehow gets out ahead of them, and he, like, steps out from behind these bushes, just, like, in the water. Because they order all the guys to split up. They've got their scent. Now everyone, you know... Well, no, all the rest of the cops are together and one big group but somehow sunglasses cop is is out ahead of them and he stops them but uh i don't don't know i just like his whole vibe he's he spends most of the movie he spends most of the movie just like pointing a gun at people and like we don't really get any sort of like climactic showdown with him like i was kind of expecting for like such a a recognizable because he's, he's the only one of sorts in the the chase sequence. I mean, uh, yeah. That, well, that's what I'm saying. That's when he's introduced. Yeah. So he's like, and he's got like a distinguishing feature. Well, he he's like the only one of the guards who's wearing sunglasses. Well, he also incites the devil pit riot. That's yeah. the same guy. Like, like he he shoots her friend. So like that's he does right. Come that's back right. Around. Yeah. He yeah. Yeah. But there's but there's never like. A showdown. He never gets like a comeuppance. He never. He doesn't die. He didn't die in this movie. Neither does the warden. Oh, interesting. Well, maybe that's because like she escapes. She escapes later. Scorpion two. This is a series. Yes, yes. and okay. Ben has seen more Three of them of the than Cleveland. Two is my I have, favorite, so. actually. Um, I really want to talk about that one on the podcast, but we have to start at the beginning. Yeah. Do yeah. do right? the like, do those those characters? I'm assuming come back. Yeah, because spoiler alert, yes. she she ends up back in prison at the end yes. after escaping. Um, this might be a bit of a tangent, but the second one is all about them, Scorpion, as well as a handful of other prisoners escaping prison and on the run. Is is and it's essentially how I would describe it is this movie meets like Cormac McCarthy. Whoa, yeah. So it's okay. like. It's, like, very, like, gritty, sort of semi-Western, sort of, like, very sandy, hot Interesting. Movie. Is, uh, is, is Sunglasses Guy back? He is. Okay, excellent. Cool. So, so we do, we do get the, the showdown with him later. Um, because yeah. awesome. I, I, I will say, like, that is, like, one of my, my minor gripes with this movie is that, I feel like there were times where I was wanting it to push farther than it did. And I think a lot of that is, you know, it's a victim of its extremely low budget. Like we said, it's mm-hmm. like, it's obviously very low budget, but it's sort of elevated by just like this really excellent, like sense of style and cinematography. Mm-hmm. Um, there were times where, uh, you know, maybe I'm just spoiled by something like Ricky O, which derives its lineage so heavily from this movie but i i feel like i never quite got 
that level of extremity. I will say the the which is more my problem than the movies. Brutal violence in this movie are very satisfying, though. Sure, like that slow mo shot of the the guard being hit with the shovel in the back of the head. That's my fucking thing. Bright red giallo blood. I wanted like ten times more of that. Yeah. That shot was fucking incredible. Yeah. yeah, that's the start of the riot where they're all like digging in the pit, and one woman gets fed up with the abuse and runs up behind this guard with her shovel and strikes him in the back of the head. And it does. It, it's a fucking anime thing. It, yeah. It's like before a lot of anime, it did the thing where like she like hits sort of past him. There's like a beat. And then just like an, a cartoonish spray of blood out it's of the back so of his head. Fucking great! It's just it's just straight up like cadmium red paint. It's I love so, it. That I, that shit was incredible. So cool. Yeah, that shit was incredible. I wanted. That's that illustrates my point so well. I wanted way more of that. Sure. Which I know sure. is asking a lot of a movie that came out in 1972, and that is 100% more of a me problem than it is the film's problem. <laughs> but man, that movie, I got like that that shit like chubbed me up a little bit. Like that that got my fucking mouth watering. Yeah, dude, it's so dope. And, and it doesn't and, and it never quite it never quite goes yeah. that far. But yet. each time there is violence, like, we do get that super vibrant right. Yeah, I, lo- I love, degree, like, I love the stylization. Because, like, they literally yeah. had, like, a hose behind him. Yeah. And they just fucking, yeah. like, set it off. Yeah. And it just yeah. starts spraying. And it's it's Great. just, it's so, there's just so much. Again, just like a, yeah, it's, it's like two samurai facing off in a field in a fucking anime, you know? And they run past each other, and then you hold for a second, and then one of them, you know, like it's, it's, it's in a prison yard with a shot. Yeah, yeah, like, in, so a, in a in a fucking pit. You know, uh, yeah, it's it's so cool. That that moment was, is just I absolutely feel like incredible. All of the moments of violence in this movie are just so satisfying. Like the beginning where she's in solitary, scorpions in solitary. Mm, yeah, and there's the one sort of we called them the the rat pack. Because they're the snitch bitches. The snitch bitches. The snitch bitches. Yeah, that's what I call them. Yeah. Like, uh, it's nice that they put them in different colored prison outfits, yeah. so we know that they're like the 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 yeah. chosen ones. They do that at the beginning, and then they go back to everyone being in the same. That's and true. I think that's so smart because immediately we know which ones are which, mm-hmm. and we start to figure out that hierarchy. Right away before everything is kind of rolled into one. Yeah, I like, did kind of forget them, like, it again, except for the one who uh, the the marijuana uh, squad guy comes and pays to be an assassin. Category. Category. Yes, yeah. the only other character name that I remember. In um, the movie. No, I like it because each of the like the snitch bitches like uh, they're given tasks at the beginning um that all show that like they're in an elevated position they get the fun special jobs mm-hmm. like torturing inmates yeah well, <laughs> uh, and, or, well yeah and they're like working they're working in or... like the prison garden and they're like eating strawberries and shit and like smearing the the juice like on their lips like lipstick and everything and yeah, oh, yeah. Then and they... there's that shot in that same scene where like or it ends with one of the the women cackling Katagiri, like, I recognize her fucked yeah. up teeth. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and uh, she, they, they like raise up the pitch, and they put this like kind of weird like nasal synth over it, where she sounds like she's <laughs> and it's like, a super close up, like 
with her, her face. It's like, like too close. With it's almost uncomfortably like close. geisha uh, lipstick on because she smeared the mm. the strawberries on very thinly. Well, now that the one who puts the the strawberry lipstick on is is a different woman. She's the one who goes and tortures Matsu in solitary, who's dumping the hot, hot soup the hot on soup. her. Yeah, and then she gets yeah, the yeah. She literally gets like the rug pulled out from uh, under her. So is that well, and it's great. Yeah. There's, the, there's the a perfect hot soup all over payoff. herself. Yeah, yeah. Because in the in the previous scene where she goes to torture her, she says, "Oh, are you are you shivering? Are you cold?" Here, I had brought a blanket for you, and she she dunks it in, like, a cold puddle first, and then she drapes it over her. She's, she's, she's strapped up. Like, she can't move. Yeah, she's, like, so hog, she just, she's like hogtied. She's, like, hogtied yeah. on the floor of the cell, this, like, dank cellar um, that's all wet and freezing and dripping, and then she just drapes, like, a cold cloth and leaves her there. It's... It's like really, it's really ruthless. And then to come back and be like, "All right, we did cold. Now we're gonna do hot. I'm gonna pour hot soup all over this bitch." And she starts like trying to do that, but she stands on the cloth, and so uh, Scorpion spins and pulls her out from with under her, her feet. teeth. With her teeth, yeah, she grabs the cloth with her teeth and uh, pulls her out. And her throwing the cloth on Scorpion ends up being her undoing. And she we get falls that great slow motion with the hot pot going over her head, and she mm-hmm. just gets dunked in like the boiling soup misa yeah yeah it's fucking awesome. awesome the hot it's great. miso like our our protagonist like in at the literally like the bottom of the pit of despair like still finds a way to like get the upper hand it's fucking awesome love that shit yeah talk about setting up a badass character yeah she's so fucking cool being able to destroy your enemy with your arms and legs tied up yeah well also you were that that brings up another point you were saying earlier bed they get so much mileage out of fucking matsu just staring menacingly at people throughout this movie yeah well it's great they use it for like the the title shot where like when she's captured out in the field um, Mm -hmm. by sunglasses cop uh, he beats her down, and she looks back up at him with this expression of, like, anime rage. Like, and they the keep showing... Like, it's, it's the angry, yeah. like, it's that angry glare that, like, you get, like, that's, like, really well depicted in, like, a lot of anime. And it's it's so cool to see, like, her do it, like, so well in live action. Her, her, her expression is, like, so fucking angry and vivid. Mm-hmm. And they and keep showing they that same shot, that like, shot. over the over the opening credits. Yeah, they, we keep, like, they um, keep so, cutting yeah, back like, to fading it. in and out with it. It's, like, used, like, her eye is, like, at the center of things, and, like, the, the title is, like, splayed out over. And, and throughout the film, she continues to, like, give that, like, super cold, badass glare. Yeah. It almost, it almost makes me wonder if shit, like, fucking, uh, like, Juan was kind of inspired by this movie because she's like she is doing that kind of like wide-eyed like intense stare and like she's got like white makeup on her face and just like this Mm -hmm. sort of like very straight black hair yeah and it's like it was like this is like the grudge man yeah i mean she (laughs) she turns into the angel of death yeah yeah totally i really love how the solitary confinement sequence in general is shot Mm -hmm. scorpion as well as the other girl that uh the other woman that escapes with her is they're put in her friend uh, her friend yuki i I do remember that other name yuki yeah yeah yes she's yeah they're the ones who try to escape together at the very beginning i love um, when like yeah they're both first placed in the cell own individual cells um it's shot where like the the fourth wall is removed and we're pulled back 
and um, yeah, it's a, it's an open set, yeah. so the camera sort of pans between the two walls, the the cells. Yeah, yeah we get that the, that the Yuki first awesome like split screen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Yuki like hits her head before that's revealed. We just get Yuki in her cell, and she taps her head against the cell or against the wall a couple times, and then the camera then pulls over across the wall to the other cell, and she hits her head. Mm-hmm. letting her know that it's going to be okay that we're both we're both in this together i love the the use of like the open sets in this mm-hmm. movie they do it. another really great example is jumping from the beginning to the end when she uh uh confronts and attacks the the marijuana squad cop uh in the elevator and they sort of have like a standoff there her with her knife and him with his gun and it's like even though they're in an elevator they do it as a wide shot so like it's cut open and just like everything around it is black mm-hmm. love that yeah love that it's great because usually like filmmakers will err on the side of realism where it's like if you're shooting in an elevator everything's going to be like close and confined but i love having this sort of like long shot standoff in an elevator that still feels like you still sort of like feel the space between them. Yeah, you get about three different angles. You get her, him, and then the pulled back mm-hmm. shot. And for the pulled back shot, what's really cool is over the course of the scene, they lower the camera and tilt it up at him. So we still feel like we're going up in this elevator. Yeah, it feels like the elevator's moving. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it had more it's like, cool. yeah, motion to it than a lot of elevator sequences because of that. And I really felt like I was in it and moving around. Even yeah. staged as it was. Again, like the, the theatrical aspects of of the way the movie is staged mm-hmm. it is it's cool like after the riot too like that where we already talked about where there's like the matte painting with like the crazy like sky vortex is like that whole thing is like so obviously like a set but it looks so good like that i i just i love how like exaggerated and stylized it is and it somehow does not feel like disjointed from the more like obviously like on set location just before that where they're like actually digging this big hole in like a, a dirt yard, you mm. know? The way it, it switches between that stuff is just like Yeah. Chef's kiss. To move into the characters a little bit more, there's a few other characters I wanted to mention. Yeah. Sure. Uh, primarily my favorite, um drunk prisoner. 4 whatever, uh, who is in one of the early shots. She set up a... Like, she's, she's to me, the first character I found to be recognized. We, we get a shot of the prisoners all talking about how uh, someone has escaped. And the the women are all, like, in their cells, and they're, they've got their heads poking out, and they're all talking to each other. But there's this one who just really stood out to me um, because her expressions were just so, like over the top and vivid and played out. She just felt like this. And she's got, she got big hair, big hair, big hair, big personality. Um, and, uh, like she has this kind of like, a like, a messy drunk kind of like attitude about her. And there's another shot. Uh, the next sequence with all the, the, the female prisoners, uh, when they're all being like punished at their meal, um, for uh, Scorpion escaping. There's this, like, overhead shot, and there's, like, shots panning across all the prisoners, and once again, you could just pick her right out, because, she, like, all the other prisoners are, like, hitting their bowls with chopsticks, or they're, like, smacking their bows, uh, bowls um, on their trays, but then she's just, like, got holding the empty bowl, and she's just, like, really, like, lazily, like, slapping it up and down on the table, and, like, even when the camera pulls back, and there's this beautiful overhead shot of all the women at all the tables. You can still, like, pick her out in the bottom right corner. 
And it's great because later on, she's the one who runs the the, the rebellion. Like, yeah. she's the one who ha- who orchestrates that. So they do such a good job of, like, making sure that your your attention is always brought to the important characters. Um, uh, with, whether it's Sunglasses Guy or her or... Noticeable distinguishing features. Yes. Um, the, the warden who gets... And personalities. Gets his... Gets stabbed in the eye... Yeah. By the the one with the glass shard in the showers earlier, because she's trying to stab Scorpion, and at the last minute, Scorpion ducks out of the way, and she stabs the warden in the it's eye. It's sort of the the visual amalgamation of characters that's so common with Japanese stuff in manga and anime. Mm. It's like why people cosplay it all the time, because like characters are boiled down to these iconic, distinctive costumes and outfits. And, like, you see that throughout this movie. There's yeah, so totally. many different iconic Most like characters. Yeah. And, uh, and and also, like, it's it's the same praise I have for fucking Predator, too. Like, we're, we're, getting, we're getting to know these characters in the action, in the scene. Um, and they're, they're so vivid that their personalities just come through. Uh, through the dialogue or, or through just, you know, all the, the crazy cool shit that they're doing. Like, you know exactly who Jesse Ventura's character is off of mm. the, first, the first, when he just starts out by talking about being a sexual tyrannosaur. You know, like, in the fucking helicopter, and he's all, hoorah. Like, uh, and it's, it's the same here. Like, she immediately, like, eats up the screen when, she, when she's on it. I love the next scene with her after the dinner is the, the women are all uh, experiencing, uh, they're all having their downtime in their quarters, and they're playing dice. And one of the... The, the, what are they, the snitch bitches is, like, running a game of dice. And she's trying to run her. She's trying to run, like, the, the drunk one. Um, she's not drunk, but she acts drunk, so that's, like, the best way I can describe her. Uh, uh, and... Big hair bitch. Big hair bitch. It's not that large of a room, but there's a shitload of people in there. There's, like, 30, 30, 40 people in this, in this sort of, this room. And they're all largely watching the dice game and going about their, their business. And Scorpion comes in, and she kicks the the fake dice out from under the snitch bitch. And no, that's not Scorpion. Yeah. That's Scorpion's friend Ponytail. It's Ponytail. Okay, because yeah, Scorpion okay. is still in solitary at, oh, that, is she at time. that point. Yeah, oh, she's my bad. she's yeah. still being right, punished. So Ponytail points it out, and she says, you know, like, hey, you know, you're getting you're getting played, but she still carries on the game, which is cool. Yeah, well, um, that I mean, that's but, that's an important introduction too. Once again, uh, noticeable distinguishing feature, Ponytail. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> oh, you're me. Whoops. <laughs> um, it's cause the hair is also straight, but she's got it pulled back. Where Scorpion mm-hmm. wears it always loose. But anyway, um, that's that sets up that she is like a keen eye and an observer because that pays off at the end where they're oh, at the you, riot. She's yeah the during stuff. the riot. Yes. Okay, right. She's, she's the one. The one she's the, the one who who sees Katagiri in the middle of the night dumping the the gasoline and getting ready to start the fire that would burn them all alive she's the only one who's like up and watching and she wakes everybody up and is like hey this bitch is trying to burn us alive and she catches category with the gun too so she's like so there's like th- yeah. rule of three she's always reinforced well, she, being she's That's won cool. over by scorpion because yeah. after she exposes the 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 dice cheat the snitch bitches try to set her up yeah. by putting the shiv in her outfit, but Scorpion moves that to one of the other snitch bitches' outfits. Yeah, which starts the fight in the shower, mm-hmm. the scene that we've mm-hmm. talked about and, a couple yeah. times already. Yeah. What I want to say about that that dice scene is it ends with this really good <laughs> shot that lasts for a minute or two. 
where they're fighting and she i love i love this like she she hits her and uh, she hits the snitch bitch and she she goes over uh, she gets bowled over a table and she comes back up with a bloody nose and it's really clear that like she w- it's you know old, old theater techniques you know it's like a little sleight of hand she goes over there's makeup there she applied it she came yep. back up but it's all done in the same shot which is really fun but it's and and the camera keeps whipping around and moving and like they don't they don't cut for for uh, about a minute or two there and there's all these women in the background there's all these extras which carries on throughout the film like there's mm-hmm. there's some really good crowd work in this movie where like everyone is on yeah. board and there's it's a real like vivid painting of things happening like in the background I will say really during during the devil's punishment shit if you do look into the background you will see uh, a number of extras very much not trying to make it look like they're shuffling dirt <laughs> just like <laughs> just like kind of like yeah. just kind of like moving their shovels like on top of the ground but like not really digging Dude, anything. I don't blame them it's probably a long shoot day yeah like, no I, yeah. I don't I don't mind that stuff in a movie in a low <laughs> budget movie like this this like that that kind of stuff is just it 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 adds to the charm um yeah well and i mean for prisoners they'd probably do that to fake sure it yeah <laughs> if they, if, like they're being forced to dig until they drop so if they can get away with not actually digging yeah why wouldn't they yeah, yeah it's, it's it's certainly not a problem yeah one of the one of the last things that I want to mention is I I think the score in this the use of the score particularly in this movie is really interesting because it feels like during a lot of the most high intensity moments is when it chooses to just not use music at all or it's like there is there is like a score in this film and there's like a, a especially like like her flashback where she's like remembering you know being set up and betrayed by the cop and everything like stuff like that is like there is there's like motif musical motifs and stuff happening but it's like the chase scene at the beginning no music the the fight scene in the shower no music the fucking devil's punishment scene, no music. Them setting the fire in the warehouse during the fucking standoff, no music. It's like, it's, and it's all Foley. It, they obviously did not record audio on, on set. But. I think key to that is we do get music when Scorpion gets out of prison and is killing yes. all of the marijuana squad. There's there's kind of the yeah, there's there's a montage of her killing like a bunch of like the Yakuza like executives and it's set to that same song um that that was played earlier. Yeah, there's like a muted guitar line yeah. too. Mm-hmm. I honestly I find that use of music at the end when she's killing all of the that montage is great. Man yeah. is so much more satisfying, partly because they withhold the music throughout a lot of the action previously. Yeah. Um, because it feels like this is the final satisfying revenge that Scorpion deserves. Yeah, totally. I, I brought up the music just because I think it's it's interesting to kind of do the inverse of what you'd expect and, like, during the action scenes and stuff mm-hmm. to just, like, not use music at all. Like, it's almost like, 
you know, everybody's like holding their breath in like these moments. It's it's very quiet and you're very focused on like the action that's happening um, without the sort of, you know, uh, emotional manipulation of film score. Yeah. Well, it's the, the, the scenes are so loud and colorful themselves. Yeah. Like, and the sound design, you know, is able to carry that weight. So they, they're, yeah, it pairs really well. And of yeah. course too, when the music does come in, it's when someone's walking like a badass. Yeah. Or, or in really <laughs> great, what I know, something I noticed is that like every time, uh, fucking, uh, marijuana squad cop shows up, they always introduce him with sort of like a trumpet sting, mm-hmm. you know? And then with like some, and then like some fucking saxophone bullshit. It's mm-hmm. like every time they show up, it's like, it's like it's like this is the this is that fucking asshole that there, fucking guy there he is bad. again that fucking piece of shit here he is uh, i hate him and we get that 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 return of the motif of uh the the japanese flag at the end where she fucking kills him on the rooftop you know after after she sort of stalked him around and he throws up the knife into the air and does the slow motion of it over spinning the Japanese overlaid flag. over the Japanese flag and then it's like as he it. like falls down and is lying there dead like you can see the shadow of the flag like flapping over him and there's just like very loud foley of what is obviously somebody just like shaking a towel or something to see, make it. <laughs> this might sound pretentious but I feel like the 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 knife flying over the Japanese flag almost feels like a reclamation of like the earlier scene of her losing her virginity. Yeah. Of like blood yeah, for sure. blood. Yeah, blood for blood, yeah. kind of regaining that sort of essentialist sexuality. Um, yeah. Really cool stuff. I I love how that end sequence fight is shot. Both of the fights with that dude are awesome. I love the earlier sequence where before she goes to prison... Where she, she first attacks him. Yeah, she's, like, cloaked in this, like, black trench coat. And she, like, throws so it in the air. Cape. She's just wearing and, yeah, a black cape. Yeah, and, like, half of it is red, half of it is black. She throws it up. It's, it's a super Dra- bright red. It's a Dracula cape. The inside and, of it is red. Yeah. The outside is black. And she cape. has a knife and, like, her titty is out for some reason. Yeah. And she just goes in. For well, she's, we know the reason. She's well, she, yeah. She's still <laughs> she's wearing the outfit that she was like wearing when she was raped by the yakuza when they like tore her clothes off and stuff. It's so funny. Like they they expect us to believe that she just this whole time she's just been wearing. She hasn't changed clothes at all, and yeah. she somehow found a no, Dracula. She's still full of rape. She got she got thrown back out on. The she street. somehow she somehow found a Dracula cape that she uses what? to what? to crouch beside a car. While she waits for him to come out of the yeah, police, she hasn't, she hasn't awesome. done every, anything else. She just she needed the cape. She got the cape. She got the knife, and she went. She went to task. Yeah. And yeah. like uh, I love, I love that she, she didn't get it like done though. Hand. She didn't get it done. She didn't. She, she tried though. She, she tried. She, she tried. She picked a really bad. She should have waited for him to leave the police station and then maybe get him. That would have. Yeah, like, wait for him outside his house or something, not outside the police station. Well, yeah, then she wouldn't have gone to, yeah. uh, So, uh, yeah, I I do do love He wouldn't have been uh, a nemesis for her to kill at the end of the movie. It is is super fun how she uses the cape as, like, a a funky sleight of hand. And she, like, curls it in the air, and while he's looking at the cape, she rushes him with a knife. 
and it's it's awesome. it's goofy and it fun. Rolls. And uh, yeah, and then she gets grabbed by like all the all the cops. I yeah, I love the final fight as well with him because like she is quickly outmatched when he brings a gun to the knife fight. Yep. Um, on the elevator, and then he tries to make out with her. Yes, he cannot resist one final gloating kiss. And she bites the shit out of him, yeah, which she, she bites his tongue off. Which allow, which causes him to recoil, allowing her to get in with the knife and stab him and get the gun away from him. And he makes his way to the rooftop. But I love it too because it's you know it's returning to the same location as before um, the police station. I mean we don't go to the roof early on, but you know we're at the same place mm-hmm. now, and uh, now she's ascended. She gets her revenge. Um, I love it too. Like he's running around the rooftop and he thinks he's gotten away. And and then he makes us a, a yelp, and the camera pulls over, and she's behind him with a knife. She's well, got in there. we get that great shot early on of the Japanese building with the the banner, and it says something like "Hope and Humanity for the Future of Japan" or something like that. And then later on, she kills the yakuza boss and hangs him from the roof. Yup, and he's hanging with that banner next to him. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, oh. I love how that so scene well starts, shot. too, because like it, it starts in his office, and it, it looks like an empty room, and the camera is outside the room, and it, it zooms in, into the desk, and then he walks into frame, and it stays zoomed in that shot for a while. And we feel like we're watching him, you know? Like, we're, we're, we're stalking him from a distance. Because there's, like, a bouquet of roses. Yeah, or it's something. this blue room and, with this really vibrant red. And they're shooting red through rose. it. So, like, the bokeh from, like, the out-of-focus roses are muddying up the frame. And it just adds so much vibrancy to the shot because it's just this bright red all around him. And it's sort of the impending doom of violence coming upon him. I just like how many phones he's got on his desk. Two phones. (laughs) Because he's very important. Yeah, he's got two phones, one for the plug and one for the load. Truly. Yeah. (laughs) Kevin Gates can relate to this yeah. man. <laughs> Anything else? Uh, no, I mean, I'm ready to rate if you guys are. Let's go, yeah. Well, yeah. Ben, this was your pick, so you'd start us off. I love this movie a lot. I think, personally, the second one is better. We'll talk about it soon enough. But I love this one nonetheless. I think... It is iconic. I think it is incredibly influential. Look at fucking Kill Bill. Yeah. For example, number one. Yeah, I think it's an excellently shot movie. Beautifully vibrant. And it takes exploitation material and elevates it in a way I always love. I'm going to give it... Fuck. I'm going to give it a four and a half out of five. Nice. Um, yeah, I, no, I, I had a great time with this movie. Nice blind spot, uh, for me that has, uh, that has now been revealed. Um, Japanese seventies exploitation. Um, yeah, really, I, I've said it a couple times, but really incredible, uh, low budget film that's elevated just by an incredible sense of style and cinematography. Had a great time with this one. Um, feel like it could have gone a little bit farther in places for my taste but um overall really good time strong four out of five for me yeah um uh like i said i don't usually like this genre but i like what this movie brought to the table 
um, in respect to that. I think, uh, you know, I just, I tend to think about like the sequence where they're all held up with the, the, the guard hostages and, you know, they, they take advantage of them as well. They get their, you know, sort of revenge and, uh, it, it, uh, and, you know, the, the sequence with the, uh, the infiltrator who's trying to get information out of her and how that goes. I, I think, uh, it, there's at least a lot to discuss there. And again, I think with this, like, setting of like a women's prison um like that that kind of subject matter is like you know bound to come up and i think that the way that it discusses it uh while i don't you know i'm i remain on the fence uh i i'll say i do i do think it's it's there's a lot to un- unpack and uncover and when it comes to this cleveland's on the fence about rape you heard it here you heard it here first on the podcast Jesus Christ. Uh, cleveland's on the fence about no, it no 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 uh but what I what I what I loved was uh well just the discussion of it in movies and anyway the <laughs> Kino. No. Cinema. Uh, C- cinema. Uh, uh but man, I just I love I love the style of this movie. I love the confidence. I, I adore it. Uh and I thought yeah, I thought it was super fucking rad and I had an amazing time watching it and I also appreciated that it had a ninety minute runtime. It was nice and short. Uh, for as jam-packed as it was with style and visuals. Um, man, I'm tempted to give it a five. I, I really liked it. Uh, I think, I think a 4.5 is, uh, a more sensible score. I think that that, that feels right for, for all the rest of it, but fuck it. Giving it a five. I really liked it. Hell yeah. All right. Um, so yeah, I'll say, uh, yeah, five. Well, that will give female prisoner number 701 Scorpion. An average of four and a half out of five. Definitely recommended. Um, again, we watched the uh, the the Arrow restoration, 4K restoration. Really fucking beautiful. Yeah, Looks they, great. They put out a great box set of all four of the main series. Um, I would recommend watching all yeah, of them. Would, They're would, great. would strongly recommend if you can get a hold of this version in some form or fashion. Man, it sure looks fantastic. Beautifully shot film. Really deserving of the of the I, high this quality is one restoration. Of those movies I would kill to see on the big screen just yes. because the vibrancy Yo. of all the cinematography. Yo, yeah, absolutely. So yeah, check it out if you're so inclined. Um Next week, we're moving on to a uh, Patreon pick. Next week's episode will be brought to you courtesy of our newest honorary pod boy, Micah, who has chosen the 1991 film Popcorn for us, which I believe is a, uh, a, a new one for all of us. Yes. I've heard of this one. I know... Uh, some of what happens in it, but I've never seen it, and uh, I'm pretty excited. Yeah, I always down, out. always down for for some new some new things that none of us have seen. Yeah, I've, I'm getting a weird Mandela effect with this movie. I thought I thought I've seen it, but the movie I'm thinking of is about like a babysitter and a really rude asshole of a kid. I can't remember what the name of it is. That's not this movie. Yeah. If you want to see what movie Cleveland's talking about, good luck. We don't know what it is, but next week is Popcorn. (laughs) (laughs) 1991. Yeah, stay stay tuned to find out what movie I'm Maybe Cleveland will remember what he's talking about. Maybe not, but next week we'll be talking about Popcorn. All right. And on that insane note, we have an insane sponsor, and oh my god... The shelf is depleted. 
the shelf is is waning. Is there at least one left in there? It's the final sponsor on the sponsor shelf for now. We rest rest assured there will rest assured there will be more there will be more next week. Yes, as it as it gathers more flesh and gather and drinks. I'll perform the necessary rituals. Okay, good, good. You know the rituals. Um, Oh, and speaking of uh, the sponsor this week is brought to you brought to us by uh, one of the most necessary ingredients in the sponsor shelf reclaiming rituals ham bag uh you need a bag of hams look no further than ham bag ham bag humboldt and hornkel associates they got your handbags put up your hands for the handbag ham bag have you ever (coughs) have you ever hollowed out a ham and it's little slapped some, some straps, <laughs> some leather straps on it. Handbag. Handbag. Uh, Calvin Klein. From Calvin Klein, handbag. <laughs> Thanks, Calvin. We, and Klein. And, and Klein. Uh, I think it's just one guy. No, but, no, it's a different Calvin and Klein. <laughs> oh, no, this is Calvin. This is Calvin and This is Calvin and Klein, handbag. This is Calvin and Klein. I knew that. Uh, all right. They're both named Calvin Klein. That's that's it. That's it for us this week. Uh, if, if you like the show, leave us five star rating on Apple Podcasts. You can support us on Patreon.com slash PodPeoplePod. Announcement on that. We are uh, adding uh, Discord access to our $5 a month tier. Um, so Come if... Join. If uh, if you subscribe to our Horror God tier at $5 a month, you'll have access to our Discord, um, which is becoming livelier and livelier all the time. It's, been, it's great. So, so come hang out with us on Discord. Um, but, of course, special shout-out to our $10 a month honorary pod boys, Sam, Zach, and Micah. Uh, who, all the love. All, who we love and appreciate um, and who get to... Uh, pick fun movies for us to watch uh, like next week's episode. So yeah, patreon.com slash podpeoplepod. Twitter, for as long as that continues to <laughs> to exist, <laughs> becoming more and more of a stupid dumpster fire every day, uh, no longer integrates with ACAST, so our episodes aren't even being posted there automatically. Jesus but if Christ. for some reason, you can follow us there on Twitter at podpeoplepod. Um uh, you can follow us at letterboxd.com slash podpeoplepod for a list of all the films we've talked about on the show with our average ratings and links to those reviews. I'm also still on Twitter at some spooky snake and streaming on twitch.tv slash some spooky snake for spooky Saturdays. Hell yeah. I'm on Twitter at Mr. Sheets. And you can find me at, uh, or you can find my work. Some of my work at uh, DreadXP.com, uh, amongst all of the super cool games. Uh, check us out where all of our stuff is on Steam. And uh, you can also, of course, find me hanging out in the DreadXP uh, movie night chat, uh, watching movies on weekends, usually. So you know, we, love to watch, we love to watch movies, don't we, folks? We do. We do. It's usually trash over there. I'm usually watching garbage and having a great time. I love garbage. Rolling around in garbage. I love well. Filth. Just give me all the filth and garbage. And come wallow with me. If you want to come wallow with us, don't you worry. Next week, we'll be back for more wallowing. Mm-hmm. Night! Night.